Welcome to Cornerstones Cares, a podcast production of Cornerstones of Care. I'm Carol Grimaldi, Manager of Community Engagement and Advocacy for Cornerstones of Care. The Cornerstones of Care team of 600 people is dedicated to improving the whole person health. We provide trauma-informed interventions to help children, families, and communities be safe and healthy. Learn more at cornerstonesofcare.org. A staggering one family in three experiences diaper need, the inability to have an adequate supply of diapers for children who need them. This is something most people would not think about unless they are confronted with the problem. Diaper need has cascading impacts on the physical health of the child, the emotional health of the parents, and the economic well-being of the entire family. To help us understand the problem, its effects, and what is being done about it, I am pleased to be able to discuss diaper need with Jill Gajkowski, Executive Director of Happy Bottoms, Kansas City's nonprofit diaper bank, and Teresa Winfield, Happy Bottoms Director of Grants and Data. Welcome, Jill and Teresa. Thank you. Jill, what is the problem? Why does diaper need exist? You know, diaper need is when families don't have an adequate supply of diapers to keep their kiddo clean, dry, and healthy. And uh, we know that families living in poverty don't have access to the diapers they need to keep their kids clean, dry, and healthy. And a study was done years ago that says families are short about 10 to 12 diapers every single week. Um, you know, they're having to make decisions like, uh, am I going to buy dinner or am I going to buy diapers? Or am I going to pay a bill or am I going to going to buy diapers? And so we're, you know, Happy Bottoms really helps to helps those families not have to make those decisions and fills in the gap by giving them those diapers. What What is the barrier to a family being able to have diapers? Families in poverty really don't have enough disposable income to buy diapers and no government safety net programs cover diapers. You can't get diapers through SNAP or otherwise known as food stamps, through the WIC program or through Medicaid. And so People who are trying to stretch their very scarce dollars every month um, don't have, basically it boils down to economics. They don't have enough money to buy the diapers they need. So how much would uh, one child for a month cost in order to have an adequate supply of diapers? From what we see, diapers can cost a family up to $100 a month per child, sometimes even up to $125 per month. When you think about families living in the urban core who don't have access to Walmart or Costco. I mean, we heard um, on a on a, a bus tour uh, sponsored by Operation Breakthrough last week that um, a woman told us that she had to take four different buses just to get to the nearest Walmart in off of 40 Highway. Um, If they don't have access to those discount stores, then they have to go to the corner store, to a convenience store. The diapers probably cost a third to, you know, 50% more. And so that is a staggering expense every month. If you have one child in diapers, imagine having more than one. So what happens when a family cannot afford the diapers? And let's start with the child. What can happen to a child who cannot have clean diapers? Well, I think that when most people think about, oh, they don't have enough diapers, they think the obvious. So baby has a wet diaper, dirty diaper, they get fussy, they cry. I mean, that's a simple answer, but there are so many more layers to diaper need that I think people don't think of. Um, You think about diaper dermatitis, otherwise known as diaper rash. It's the most common diaper-related condition. Um, 
treated, you know, I think over a million times a year by pediatricians. And if you don't have clean diapers and you leave that untreated, the child can get urinary tract infections, complex skin infections, you know, end up at the doctor. You probably don't have health insurance, maybe even the hospital. And so what could have been prevented with a clean diaper turns into this massively serious issue. And I think another thing um, that people don't think about, I know those of us who've, who've had babies remember, or, you know, if it was a long time ago, maybe need a memory jog, that when you have a newborn, you have to observe that they are having regular wet diapers to make sure that they're adequately hydrated from breast milk or formula. And so I remember when I had babies changing the newborn's diaper 10 to 12 times a day. When you look at that, it averages six to eight diapers a day over the first year, which is over $2,500. That's a huge expense. When you're poor, it's especially expensive. Then what does this do to the parents? Well, I, you know, the first thing is it's it's very stressful for a parent. You, uh, we hear from moms how, you know, they're looking at this child and they can't provide something as simple as a diaper, and it is devastating to them. Um, so beyond that, there's, you know, obviously if you leave a kiddo in a dirty, wet diaper for a long time, they're going to be cranky and crying and fussing and that's going to stress out a parent, any parent, <laughs> you know, um, the, I think one of the, the bigger things too, as your child gets older, or even not that much older when they're still in diapers and you are a working parent and sending them to early childhood education centers, you have to supply diapers. And if you can't supply diapers, you can't go to work and you can't, you know, make that income to buy more diapers. And it's kind of just a vicious, cycle. So we know from our work at Cornerstones of Care that poverty and financial distress and just stress can, is a contributor to child abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. So something as simple as being able to have diapers you need could help prevent child maltreatment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are parents experiencing diaper need inclined to try to get their child potty trained as quickly as possible? Definitely. I, you know, that is something that uh, we would see often. We do have a, uh, a training pants program where families can take training pants for up to six months. And some families would start the training process and realize it wasn't working and go back. And um, some of our program staff actually came to us and said, we need to do something about this. And uh, worked on getting a potty training program in place, potty training education program. And I'll let Teresa talk a little bit about that. She kind of spearheaded that whole program to um, help our families. Sure. So um, when we decided we needed this program, um, we partnered with some other uh, people in the community. We worked with the Junior League, and we worked with a parents' as teacher uh, group out of Hickman Mills School District, and we ran, and we ran a pilot. Um, what we found out is that, well, first of all, we we designed a curriculum which was given to the parents uh, over a video, uh, and we also gave parents a potty training kit, which included a potty seat, a step stool, sticker chart, just a, a variety of items, which almost every person who participated in the pilot said they would not have been able to afford on their own. So that was key. Um, we did some post-surveys. Um, 
with our participants, it was the program was overall successful. Um, 53% of the parents who participated, though, said that they felt pressured to start potty training before they were ready because they couldn't afford diapers. So that is kind of a key, that's kind of a key statement about, you know, why this program was needed. Um, There are statistics um, from research from the American Academy of Pediatrics that shows, show that, uh, child abuse spikes during the potty training years. So even under the best of circumstances, if you have enough diapers, if you are able to do it age appropriately, it's still extremely stressful. But imagine trying to, to do it too early. Your child doesn't understand what they're doing. They, they um, you know, it's very frustrating. They're obviously going to have accidents under the best of circumstances. But if they're not ready, it it's just kind of a losing battle. So we thought it was really important, first of all, to make sure that everybody got screened to make sure that they were ready. We provide the training pants so that if they're not ready, they still have a resource to fall back on. And then when they are, you know, determined to be ready through the screening, then we then we enroll them in the in the potty training program. So what is being done to help families in diaper need? What does Happy Bottoms do? Happy Bottoms works with about uh 49 different locations, social service agency locations here in Kansas City, and we distribute diapers to families that they are serving. And each family gets 50 diapers per child per month. As we talked about earlier, um, there was a study that shows families are short those 10 to 12 diapers. So we're filling in that gap. And what we really like about our model, how we work with the partner agencies is because, you know, we, we know that that diaper need has devastating effects, but we also know that these families need a lot of other resources. And so by partnering with these social service agencies, um, in some cases, we're getting a family's foot in the door to a place where they can now have access to all of these other services. Um, And so, you know, at Happy Bottoms, we really just want to make sure the families have this resource that that they need that is going to help move them up that that ladder. And you're one of our partners. Yes, we are. Yeah, I think you supply diapers (laughs) for a lot of our foster parents. Yes, we do. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So how do families receive or get connected with your services? I'm going to let Teresa talk about that. (laughs) Well, that's kind of part of the partner model. Um, Families... Typically, or when we when we created this partner model, we um, our intention was for families who are already being served by these agencies to um, also receive diapers. But what we found is a lot of times diapers are the first connection that they have with the agency. So what we see is that our diapers are kind of a gateway to other services. But um, we message through social media on our website, you know, through the agencies themselves, um, just to make sure that the word gets out that we do have diapers available. And then, you know, depending on which came first, um, you know, they get the diapers and then other services, or they may be already receiving services and get the diapers. And Jill, you said you served how many families? Last year, we served just about 10,000 children in Kansas City, and this year we're hoping to serve uh, 11,500. That's amazing. And about how many diapers do you distribute? Uh, 2.1 million last year. We'll we'll be close to 3 million this year. And And it's it's amazing and impressive, I know, but there are more than 20,000 children who need our help here in Kansas City, so we still have a a ways to go. Well, I'm happy to help you spread the word. thank you. you. But you did just (laughs) expand your base of operations. We did. We we just moved from 
from a 9,000 square foot building into a 20,000 square foot building. And it has been fantastic. We were really bumping up against the walls and couldn't really grow to serve more children because we needed the space to to store the diapers and manage our operations of getting the diapers out the door. So it's been a fantastic move for us. How is your work supported? Uh by donations, <laughs> donations, uh, grants, donations. We do. We have one big fundraiser a year coming up in November. Attitude of gratitude, um, but largely we rely on donations from individuals in the community. That's fantastic. Diaper need just got the attention of Congress, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah. So you want to talk about that? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so there is a bill they're trying to pass to have some federal funding that will assist diaper banks across the country, um, which will be great if that gets passed and, and help us all support more families in our community. That is House Resolution 1846, and it's on our website, www.cornerstonesofcare.org, under Ways to Help and Advocate, uh, and this includes ways to reach your legislators to ask them to support the End Diaper Need Act of 2019. Jill and Teresa, your work is very important, and I'm hoping people hearing this will want to find out more, including how to support you. How do they do that? Uh, you can support us through our website, happybottoms.org. There is a donation button there. People host diaper drives, cash drives through uh, Facebook has been a big one. We also have a Venmo account, happybottoms.org. So uh, numerous ways to support us. We also rely on volunteers to get our work done and have um, a lot of volunteer opportunities. So you can check that out on the website as well. Thank you so much. I want to thank you both for coming in to talk to us about this problem for many families and how it's being addressed in the Kansas City metro area. We've been talking with Happy Bottoms Executive Director Jill Gajkowski and Director of Research and Grants Teresa Winfield about diaper need and its impact on families and communities. You've been listening to Cornerstone's Cares. I'm Carol Grimaldi. <laughs>